and welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show, brought to you as always by ProgressiveChristianity.org, a wonderful place to get all of your progressive Christian resources, and you'll want to check out their new website. It's incredible. Follow them on social media. Follow us, the Moonshine Jesus Show, on Facebook, and subscribe to us wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Today, we will be talking about Wonka, and something I have to tell you is that if you haven't seen it yet, we will spoil Wonka for you. We're going to let you know everything that happens. In Wonka. <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, just know going in that we're going to talk about it. I am joined by uh, Mark Sandlin, as always. How are you doing today, Mark? I am doing great, sir. Uh, excited about this. What a fun kind of uh, family holiday season, perfect little film we get to talk about today. I know, right? It's it's very yeah. seasonally appropriate. Yeah, it uh, does, it's fun yeah. to watch a, a film about candy as we enjoy some sweets ourselves, or at least that's Indeed. my plan. Uh, <laughs> do you have uh, anything anything sweet to drink with you today? Well, I do, since the theme was chocolate throughout the whole thing, even more so than in the original movie. I have gone with a uh, chocolate martini uh, with a little Lindell chocolate bar as my Ooh. garnish there. Uh, yeah. This is um, chocolate liqueur, cream to cacao, uh, vodka, heavy cream mixed together. Uh, and it is, I've already pre-tasted it because it looked too lovely and it is really delicious. <laughs> How about you? What are you going with? I'm going to go ahead and start drinking. You just let me you know should. what you're having. Absolutely, you should. So I also went with a chocolate theme because that is pretty much what, <laughs> what he was doing right? in this movie. <laughs> and so I've made a spiked uh, adult hot chocolate. Ooh, I've got this in my squad goals, golden girls cup here. Perfect. But, uh, just, uh, just hot chocolate and peppermint schnapps topped with some, uh, some whipped cream here. Mm, so sounds it's, uh, delicious. Delicious. It is. I, I sampled mine ahead of time as well. So <laughs> cheers to you, Mark. Here's cheers to you. Uh, looking forward to the show, man. Moonshine Jesus. Moonshine Jesus. Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. You're joining us for our Geek Out segment. And as we told you, we'll be talking about the movie Wonka. Uh, Wonka, it's a uh, it's a musical origin story of, of course, none other than Willy Wonka, uh, an inspire, aspiring magician, inventor, and chocolatier. And he uh, he heads off to the famous chocolate shops of the, the gallery gourmets with dreams of opening his own shop. But he discovers that the industry is uh, well, it's run by a cartel of greedy chocolatiers. And he <laughs> quickly finds himself in debt to a local boarding house slash laundriette, uh, as well as uh, in debt to a little orange man named Lofty. By the film's end, though, with the help of his new friend, Noodle, uh, both those debts are paid off. And Wonka's new friends have a kind of a new lease on life themselves. And Wonka and Lofty begin work, the work of building Wonka's very own chocolate factory. Um, I'm curious, first question right off the bat, did we need a Wonka origin story? Did we really? 
<laughs> okay, this was maybe the the prequel I didn't know I needed because would I have uh, said, you know what I really want to see this year is a Willy mm. Wonka origin story. Been waiting for no years, way. right? <laughs> <laughs> I had no desire to, right. to see this, but um, I went and thoroughly enjoyed it. And so I was mm -hmm. actually kind of pleasantly surprised, but... No, I mean, I grew up watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, we even a couple months ago at church did a theology of Willy Wonka. So I, 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 I like Willy Wonka. I, I, I like yeah, the doll stories. But uh, no, I don't know that we needed this. But did I enjoy it? Yeah, it was a fun mm -hmm. kind of just you know, easy. I had the thing. same kind of the same response. I um. When I heard they were doing one, that was my question. Is the reason I asked it. I was like, mm -hmm. do we really need an origin story here? I mean, is it really going to be that much of why do we need this? I don't understand why. Right. And so went, and, and I'm going to also say, I am not the big Timothy Chalamet fan that a lot of people are. He's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't dislike him, but I don't see him as his generation's best actor ever. Like a lot of people are saying that he could easily become. He's fine. Whatever. So I went in kind of like, all right, we'll we'll see. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I man, it was so much fun. I I don't think I stopped smiling except for the brief moment I cried. Hmm. Uh, I don't. I mean, it was just that good. That much constant joy being thrown at you from the screen. Not surprising knowing that it was uh, from the same director that did Paddington and Paddington Two. Right. And I know you think. For the listeners out there, I know you think those are children's movies, and you're right. They are. They also are two of the best children's movies ever made. As a matter of fact, they're probably two of the best movies ever made. So it's not surprising that this movie came off really well done. Uh, I, I really, really genuinely enjoyed it, just like you did. I'm curious, though, did you think uh, that Chalamet's take on Wonka, did it feel like he could grow into being uh, Wilder's version of Wonka. Yeah, so I know this is a hotly debated topic online. Is uh, is is this a spiritual prequel to Willy Wonka? Oh, is it really? the Chocolate Factory? That uh, yeah. yeah, because people people are are wondering. Like some people said, well, is this like the prequel to Johnny Depp? Uh, and everyone's like, no, you know, mm. uh, we don't. Mm. We definitely don't need a prequel to that <laughs> and so there's a lot of debate about it being like the spiritual prequel to uh to willy wonka the 1971 okay. uh willy wonka so here's here's the thing i i i think uh Chalamet did a, a great job as the incarnation of or in this particular incarnation of willy wonka but i think no. the thing about gene wilder's willy wonka that i thought was better than chalamet's um i agree is that he had this uh twinkle in his eye um where as the children were kind of uh being or being punished for the things that they were doing you're never quite sure if he was really going to let the children die or or not and i mean that's a part of the brilliance of, was, of gene wilder's interpretation no. is that it, it it's kind of a fun light-hearted movie odd to roll dolls uh <laughs> our yeah. children's story Absolutely. His, his uh, stop. No, don't. <laughs> when the kids are all, you know, 
about to do something that could really kill them. Stop. No. Don't. Yeah, it's just that. And that's not that's, nice not, kinda... that's not Timothy Chalamet's take no, on the character. It, it, it's a very like wide-eyed, optimistic take. It really it doesn't it really feel wasn't. like the same person. Uh, what do you think? No, I agree. I, I and that's why I asked the question. I feel like it didn't feel like the same person. I know there's already talk about if it does well enough that maybe there'll be a Wonka two, and maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe they're living space to get set up for that. Uh, to tell that part of the story of what happens. Uh, for instance, a Noodle gets really close to him. Um, but we don't see Noodle in the original uh, Willy Wonka right. and Chocolate Factory. So maybe something happens there that gets him jaded. I don't know what really happens, but it feels like there's yeah. a lot of story that has to be told between this movie and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory to get that character to become the character that he becomes. Um and I do think there's a hundred percent. I I don't know that I've heard that the director and the writer said that this was this. What did you say? Spiritual benefactor of yeah, or prequel yeah. to it. Uh, but there's no doubt that they were they were tipping their hat to that movie left and mm -hmm. right throughout this movie over and over again. There were little moments where I, oh I remember that oh I remember that. Mm -hmm. So it's very clear that they were trying to do it. Um, so. I was a little surprised about one thing when I got there, and, yeah. and I'm curious. Are you a fan of musicals? Okay, I, I love musicals, but I don't know why me this too. didn't occur to me. Because, I, I mean, the original is a musical, uh, but Mostly, there were yeah. no... I, I don't remember there being songs in the ads. And so there were, there were, and whenever we start off with Willy Wonka singing, that's the first thing. I'm like, oh, this is a musical. Why didn't I know this was a musical? <laughs> I had no idea that it was going to be a musical, but exactly. I enjoyed it more because of that. I, I love musicals. And so I, I was too. in it more than I probably would have been because I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm kind of invested in this. I, yeah, I agree. I, <laughs> so I thought the music was good. That's what I was going to ask next. What do you think about the music? So did, Yeah, I thought it was good. But can you quote any of those songs to me? Um, the, the hat full of magic, um, was, was one I've got a head full of dreams and a hat full of, no, a hat full of dreams. Okay. So maybe I can't, maybe I can't quote any of them. And I know that's one of the criticisms is both the, the lyrics and some of the singing of the, uh, of the music throughout. Yeah. I would and have so to agree. We don't have, we got an Oompa Loompa and we got Pure Imagination, but those are, uh, those are renditions of songs from well, the original. And that's kind of what made me recognize the reason I'm asking this question is that mm -hmm. we got like Pure Imagination. Well, that's a song that you, you couldn't forget when you watched that movie the first time. That's right. Now, I don't feel yeah. like any of these where you really walked away going, hmm. That song's going to get stuck in my head, and I'm never going to forget it. Now, what they did with Pure Imagination was pure brilliance. I mean, mm -hmm. the way they took it and changed it around and applied it was just fantastic. It's one of the times that I had tears coming out of my eyes. I just thought yeah. it was brilliantly done. And Chalamet, you know, there were moments where he, he was fantastic singing, and there were moments where he was okay enough. You know, kind of just, yeah, that, that'll work. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, but I'd love, I'm with you completely loved that it was a musical that made it so much fun. Uh, one of the other things that made it fun was the bad guys. Um, uh -huh. All of the villains were so um, 
almost cartoony, almost uh, uh-huh. Muppet, Muppety kind of overplayed. Yeah. And made them very interesting. But I'm curious, do you think that making them that silly, because they were sort of silly, um, yeah. does it make it harder to take them as a, seriously as a threat? Did you think? You know, um, I so it was very campy, and you're very right. The actors who played the villains were very much kind of chewing on the scenery every time they were on the scene <laughs> or on the screen. Great. And, uh, um, you know, I I think we always knew that Willy Wonka was – I mean, we know how the story plays out. That's the, right. the thing about a prequel is we, we know that he ends up winning. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think that they still very much made some of their points about – and something I'm sure we're going to talk about in the next segment uh, – about oh, yeah. some of the evils uh, of, of these folks and evils of yeah. capitalism. And I think they made Absolutely. those very, very clear points. Mm-hmm. So I thought, the, I thought the villains were fun to watch. And, you know, in the first – in the movie, the original movie, they, yeah. we had – what is it, Slugsworth, who yeah. ends up not really being Slugsworth. Right. And but he certainly he, came off that way for most of the movie. He did. And so there's kind of a villain, but the, the villain really is the factory itself in the in the original. And even Wonka. And human greed. And, hum, human, and human greed, greed in general. Yeah. 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 And yes. yeah, I'm with you. And, and and so I think that I think this movie is different than that. Yeah, We're not absolutely. fighting, say, greed or one of any of the seven deadly sins that like the, <laughs> you know the different children inhabit. But I th- yeah. but like oh, but we're we're talking about kind of an external force as as evil, and so I yeah. I I liked them. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the villains, and it was kind of fun to have cartoony ones. But how about you? Did did you ever feel like they were threats? No, I, I absolutely <laughs> loved uh, all of the, all uh, the the three chocolatiers and then Miss Scrubs and uh, Bleacher. Like I loved those bad guys; they were fantastic. I loved that they were cartoony and over the top. I don't know why Muppets, particularly the chocolatiers, felt like uh, real life Muppets almost to me. It was just, and I, <laughs> that was brilliant. Now I I'm never that. gonna get that image out of it. <laughs> right? I love that. But it was so much fun. It was so much fun. But they never did feel particularly threatening to me. Partly because it's a prequel, and we know that he's going to be fine. But partly because they just weren't that menacing. They were, they were, they were the comedy. The the, the villains were the comedy, and you know, for a family friendly movie, that works just fine, just fine. But talking about actors and playing mm-hmm. roles, what yeah. did you think of Hugh Grant's chocolate obsessed sort of leprechaun-y version of an Oompa Loompa? Um. I don't know how I felt about Hugh Grant. <laughs> and so, like, going in, I, I don't know that I would have seen this movie, in part because whenever I saw the ad, I'm like, Hugh Grant as an Oompa as Loompa? As an Oompa Loompa? Why? Exactly. Why? Um, like, why did they choose him to be the Oompa Loompa? Um, right. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure that he added... A, a lot, uh, uh, and certainly yeah. not a, maybe a lot of charisma. I, I I'm kind of indifferent about the Hugh Grant balloon. <laughs> but how did you feel about him? Um, I I don't know that I loved that he kind of rewrote what an Oompa is in terms of his mm-hmm. the way that his outlook yeah. was and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do love I do like that it was that they. One of the critiques of the original movie is the Oompa Loompas feel like uh, they're like the 
a minority workers kind of thing and that mm -hmm. it's almost mm -hmm. a, a caricature in a very ugly way that's getting presented so recasting that as a as yeah. a white guy and and changing kind of the role he plays yeah. i can see why they may have made that choice mm -hmm. i don't know that i'd love his for me he just felt like a, a like a, 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 a an adult leprechaun the whole time it just didn't feel like a <laughs> Yeah, he did the Oompa Loompa song, but other than that, you know, he's a reverse leprechaun. Instead of the pot of gold at the end, he was going and stealing chocolate, and that was his pot of gold. I, I just, <laughs> but I will also have to say, every time he was on the screen, I couldn't not pay attention to him. And at first, it was because the CGI was just kind of weird, but then I got past yeah. that pretty yeah. quickly, actually, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like there was something about the character that demanded attention I, I don't know so if if there's a sequel and hugh grant yeah. comes back uh as an right. oompa loompa with a larger part what do you think are yeah. you gonna are you gonna be excited about that i actually think i, I would be in for it i think i'd be in for it yeah i yeah. do i yeah. think i would be yeah. in for it well listen this is such a fun movie there, we, we've left out so many fun little parts that we could yeah. be talking about but uh, we do need to get on into uh, the more serious uh, parts of what we're here to talk about and talk about a little bit of the politics in particular, because there's so much of it going on and religion as well. Uh, it's interesting that this family friendly movie is actually it, it doesn't pull the punches when it comes to some political stuff and some religious stuff. So this should be fun mm -hmm. to talk about. So we're going to take a really quick break and we'll catch you all on the other side. <laughs> Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are entering our Theopolitico segment. And as Mark just mentioned, this is a fun, family-friendly movie that is lighthearted. It also is kind of a heavy hitter in terms <laughs> of the, the, both Theo and Politico uh, the segment. Yeah, yeah. So I am I was really kind of shocked by that in yeah. uh, a lot of ways. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, maybe we should just dive right in, Mark. One of the refrains that we get, uh, especially when dealing with the chocolate cartel, is yeah. that the greedy beat the needy, beat the needy. every yeah. time. Uh, greedy beat the needy every time. Is uh, is that true in the movie, Mark? And is that true in our lives? Do we see that in our world? Uh, by the end of the movie, it is definitely not true. Uh, but when you are down and out and getting stepped upon and shut down at every turn, it is so easy to feel like that is just a reality of life, a reality of living in a non-regulated capitalistic society kind of thing is so easy. But they prove to themselves over the course of the movie that that is not always the reality. And I think while everything I just said is also true in real life, it's very easy to feel like that is a reality when at every turn, every choice you make, every kind of moment that you try to lift yourself out of wherever sp space you're in that you don't want to be, that someone stomps on you and pushes you back in, and the rules and the regulations prevent you from growing out of it. I really think that 
that is a real, I don't want to make light of how real that feeling is and how real yeah. that seems, but we do see in the world folks and organizations and groups that are working against systems that are designed to keep people marginalized. And we do see wins. Uh, they're not as big and as many and as, as frequent as we would like to see them, but we do see them. So in general, no. Yeah. That isn't always true. I mean, what was your take? It's a clever line. It's one of those lines when I heard it, I went, I wish I'd have written that at some point because that's really <laughs> that's such a, a, a good one. Succinct, succinct way of describing capitalism. It was just brilliant. I was like, that's good writing right there. <laughs> I think I think that capitalism is designed to make that be true, that, mm. uh, that the capitalistic system is designed to reward those who are greedy at the expense of other people. Right. And uh, I think we see that over and over again. And I, I agree with you, Mark, that we see small wins, but um, but the, the small wins often don't feel like wins for people who are living in an extremely marginalized yeah. fast state. Yeah. And so I think that, um, you know, even though there are different systems of government around the world uh, that, you know, because the, the U.S. kind of is one of the leaders in that, it, it ends up being kind of a world capitalistic system in yeah. which uh, those who hoard the most, those who uh, seek the most, who are the greediest, end up with a lot. And people who are the poorest of the poor and, uh, and living in destitution and mm. in some of the poorest countries, uh, often are, they're not going to win. And unless uh, unless people with power decide to do something different. And I I think that that is one of the core messages of Jesus is that if we're Jesus followers, that's not OK. We can't be OK no. with that because uh, because uh, our God is a God who wants everyone to have enough. And so in this, uh, Mark, we see that yeah. the, the chocolate cartel, the, the three main chocolatiers are working together to put down all competition. Um, do we see uh, any corporations doing things like that in our world today, Mark? That's there, there's no, no we have regulations that prevent that from happening, and they would be penalized so severely that they're probably scared of doing it. I'm sure. I don't know. Terrifying. Maybe the Maybe the gas people, uh, ph pharmaceuticals maybe are, okay, you know what? I'm probably wrong on what I just said. No, yes, we see it all the time. We see it all the time. This collusion, greed greed knows no boundaries, man. Yeah, they. even though there are some, some laws that are in place that are meant to prevent that from happening, it happens all the time. The fact that that we see corporations making more profit than they've ever made before while the average person struggles and struggles and struggles more than they ever have before uh, just tells you how fixed and rigged the system is and how much these corporations, even when they're not related, work behind the scenes and work together uh, sometimes in uh, overtly and sometimes not so overtly to uh, present a front that pretty much marginalizes everyone else in terms of their economic ability to be mobile. I'd be my take on it anyway. What do you think? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I, certainly we see, uh, we see a lot of collusion. We see, uh, and a lot of effort to influence policy in ways that, uh, that uh, favors corporations and, mm -hmm. and certainly over, over individuals. And so I, 
I, as I was watching that, I'm like, I can't believe we're watching a children's movie where <laughs> we're seeing kind of corporate greed as one of the primary antagonists Villains. here. Yeah, right? I, I and, thought it was this brilliant, brilliant writing to be able to make it yeah. feel like a family fun like I said, I'm smiling the whole time through this movie, except for when I was crying when 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 uh, yeah. Noodle meets pure her mom and all of that. Yeah, and the pure imagination comes out, and it's just the, yeah. all of a sudden the lyrics mean something different. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But in the midst of it, I'm also recognizing this is they're not pulling many punches. This is sort of hard hitting about the haves and the have nots and capitalistic society mm -hmm. and how it marginalizes folks. It's crazy. Yeah, and tied into that. They also pulled in the church and acknowledged that the church was complicit in all of this greed. And so, uh, Mark, I wondered about your take on that, about uh, the church's complicity in corporate greed. Am I reading too much into that? Or did you <laughs> oh, no. There as well? That was 100 percent there. Uh, and, and it was very much... Uh, we got to see the church actually being involved in it, but it's such a sort of metaphor for the way that the church uh, sits back too frequently and doesn't speak out uh, when corporations are allowing their greed to marginalize people and step on people and make life really, really difficult and make it hard to survive. Um, what the church should be doing if we're following the lead of the teachings of Jesus it's the thing that got him killed, as a matter of fact, is that we should be confronting systems that marginalize people and step on them, particularly for the purpose of gaining money and the greed. It's why he flipped the tables in the temple grounds. It's that that kind of abuse of power when it comes to money and you're taking advantage of people is exactly the thing that we should never tolerate. And we should always be flipping tables, turning tables and standing up and destroying the systems that allow for that to happen mm. and rebuilding from the ground up in a way that that includes everyone and makes it a, a much more level playing field. That's a great point, Mark. Uh, and I was thinking as I watched that, both about the, the ways that church is complicit in systemic injustice and the ways that, yeah. that you've described, but I was also thinking about ways that the church is just kind of an expression of cowardice in all kinds of areas that yeah. in American society, a lot of times the church serves just to make people feel comfortable or, or feel good. And the church yeah. is often willing, unwilling to really address some of our, our largest problems uh, because we're afraid of like making people mad. Like, well, what if, what if mm. we, from the pulpit say, say take an, a stance on a particular issue, right. uh, like what if we what if we take a stance on the death penalty, or or what if we take a stance on LGBT issues, mm -hmm. or what if we uh, take a stance on voting rights, or any number of things? Uh, who yeah. who are we going to lose? Uh, what's what's going to is our church going to be able to survive? And we don't find enough of the church saying no. Uh, there are there these are moral issues, and if we're going mm -hmm. to exist as followers of Jesus, then yeah. we have to take I mean, stances on these yeah. things. We, yeah, I mean, if anything, the church is doing well, exactly yeah. what the what the corporations that we're supposed to be standing up against are doing. They're saying uh, yeah. our growth and and uh, keeping our membership and having people uh, be uh, to give donations to the church is much more important 
than the right thing. Much more important than individual lives, much more mm. important than making sure people aren't marginalized. So the church definitely is guilty of that. And uh, I also need to say, I'm, I'm reading the comments as people post them on all the different social medias. And, and Marshall, if I said pharmacists instead of pharmaceutical organizations, that's on me. I got no problem with pharmacists. It's the pharmaceutical organizations that I think collude with a lot of, uh, of the price fixing and all that kind of stuff. So Marshall, you're good to go, man. I love me some pharmacists. They make my life a lot better. So I just yes, need to thank you, pharmacists, for giving us yes. medicine. But pharmaceutical Absolutely. companies, stop exploiting no. the poor. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and stop trying to <laughs> trying to keep medicine out of the hands of those in need. So, um, so yeah, I was surprised to see this about this message about corporations and about church collusion in there. Although I did enjoy seeing uh, Rowan Atkinson as uh, as a priest, uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. I don't know how that slipped by. I had no idea it was going to happen, and when he yeah. showed up, oh, I was I was so happy, man. I was so happy. <laughs> I just love him all the time. I don't care what he's doing. I I just love it was brilliant. I love that they had him cast. And he has got some great skits in his stand up oh. as a priest. Oh and so that was kind of a fun yeah. nod to all Absolutely. of that as well. I, I thought that was fun. Okay, so one other thing that Noodle said that that caught my attention mm -hmm. was when Willy Wonka gave her her first chocolate uh, and she tasted it. She 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 just uh, took it and then sat it down and she said, I wish you hadn't done that. Now each day I don't have chocolate will be a bit harder. Uh, what comment do you think that was trying to make, Mark, on society? I think there's several things it could be. For me, I immediately yeah. took it as um, folks who um, come into situations where someone's marginalized or is in a very kind of a space of despair and give them a little cookie, a little something. A little, oh, here mm. you go. Mm. That's going to make it so much better, isn't it? And mm. yes, in the moment you feel like you're doing something kind, but you're not reading the bigger picture. You're not seeing the system that's caused what has happened. You're not recognizing that uh, rather than fixing the problem, you're emphasizing there's a problem. Uh, and I thought it was kind of a, a brilliant way of, of, of pointing that out. Um, how about you? What what did hit hit That's, you when you heard that? Yes, similar. And uh, I appreciate that, Mark, because I think churches in particular are really guilty mm -hmm. of that on what churches often call oh, yeah. mission trips, yes, where they go so. and they they do exactly that. They kind of help in a way that is really just you, kind you of mean you mean white savior. You mean working tourism trips. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. uh, working tourism trips where it's mm -hmm. it's about making you feel good about kind of being a white savior for a time yep. and then mm -hmm. uh, and yep. then creating a, a pattern that disrupts actual way of lives and causes mm -hmm. more harm than good in, in the grand scheme of things. And so I think that's one call to um, to churches is to to engage in long-term systemic change and to partner with organizations that don't just go and do one-offs, but are there working with people and yes. uh, especially programs that are developed by the society themselves the society. that you're trying yep. to go in and, and help. And, yep. and you develop a relationship that's not a one-off, that is ongoing. Yeah. Where you, where you continually yeah. support stuff. Yeah, it does. Because then that it's, it's could uh, not be more in agreement. That, yeah. 
So uh, I've got I've got like a ton more questions about this, but uh, yeah, no if, doubt. If we keep going, uh, we're not going to get to <laughs> our favorite ah, section. We can't we can't we, do that. No, we can't. No, we've got right. to get to it. Yes. yes, because we've got to go to our make me look stupid segment where yeah. we can try and make each other look stupid. So let's take a quick break, have another drink, and come back and try and make each other look stupid. <laughs> Welcome to the Make Me Look Stupid segment of our show. Uh, it's one of our favorite segments. And I often say, you know, sometimes it really is, can I ask a question that's going to make my co-host stumble, falter a little bit, grasp at answers? Sometimes it's, I'm going to ask a question that I don't understand, and you get the opportunity to make me look stupid. Uh, and such is the case today. I This, this really... This bothered me probably mm -hmm. more than it should have bothered me. Um, what was the point? What? What? How did it further the storyline outside of some cute little things that happened? Why did they make Willie illiterate? I the best I could figure was it was kind of some comic relief. Uh, especially whenever they were in the zoo and he went and opened the tiger cage. Other than maybe he, it showed his special relationship with Noodle as Noodle. she uh, got to kind of teach him uh, a lesson. I thought it was also interesting that they chose a young black character to teach the white male character mm -hmm. How, how to read. She was better educated than he was. Sure. And she was kind of looking out for him. But mm -hmm. yeah, it was an interesting choice that didn't make a whole lot of sense. That was I, that was the only thing I could think of as I was watching it. Did you, did you come up with any I could I could think of I could think of nothing. I, like yeah. I was like, one part was like, well, this is a family friendly, like we want kids to be into this. And you're casting the hero as illiterate. I guess maybe if you're thinking that the majority of the kids are going to watch are kids who are currently trying to learn to read and Willy Wonka learns to read during the movie, maybe it gives them encouragement. But also, the kids who already can read, it feels like you're doing the opposite. You say, hey, look at this hero. He didn't have to learn to read, but he was fine. I I don't know. It kind of it kind of hit me weird. It hit me weird. You can already make chocolate. I mean, drop out of school, kids. Who cares? Drop out of school. Open your own chocolate factory. You'll be fine. You'll be fine, especially if you're a magician. Why don't you drop out of school and learn magic, kids? I hear everyone really appreciates a good magic trick and doesn't find it annoying if you want to show it in social situations too. So go for that. Well, I yeah, don't. I, I am. I'm a big fan of magic. I'm all about. Do you? But I don't. Good. Good. Oh man, I do. But I also don't think that you're like. It's okay, one in I'm a million. A, it's, it's one I'm in kind a million. I'm kind of a magic geek too. I mean, this no, it didn't surprise me that that both of us actually really kind of like magic. Hey, hey listen, uh, me at all. Penn and Teller's. 
uh, Penn and Teller's Fool Us is scheduled TV viewing for me, man. I, I'm not going to miss it. Yeah. I just love it. I yeah. absolutely love it. So, uh, <laughs> but no, I never could figure it out. I found it weird. I don't know why they did it. But okay, your turn though. Your turn to make me look stupid. I think this. I think my question really kind of missed the point of the whole segment. I think I made us both look stupid, and that doesn't work. That's not good, man. We don't need that. Well, I, <laughs> neither one of us know. Uh, right, this is no, a call out to the writers. Man. We need an explanation. Of yeah, this. please okay. let us know. <laughs> okay, so this I don't think is a, a make me look stupid question necessarily either. I'm just curious uh, about this. Yeah. So there are a, a couple of, of lines that I, I'm curious about. One yeah. is, I, I guess they both have to do with Willy Wonka's mom. So, um, so Willy Wonka's mom says, every good thing in this world started with a dream. And then she also says in her note to him, whenever he finally opens the chocolate bar, chocolate. it's not the chocolate that matters. It's the people you share it with. So Mark is, uh, are these overly sappy sentiments or yes, good theology? Yes, yes and no. The first <laughs> one is overly sappy theology, overly sappy sentimental yeah. bull crap. Not everything starts with a wish or a dream or whatever the crap it is that she said. No, sometimes good things just sort of happen by mistake. Sometimes they happen out of, out of the mixed mess that the world is. Sometimes it just, I mean, yeah. if we're going to go all biblical on this, you know, creation started from the tohu wabohu, the mixed mess, the chaos, the craziness, and creation mm -hmm. came from it. So no, it's not always a wish. No, it's not always, but... Is the best chocolate the chocolate you share with friends? That's fantastic theology. Yes, everything that matters in this world has to do with relationship, period. So if you want it to be better, if you want it to be more meaningful, if you want it to make an impact, it is about relationship. That'd be my take. Yeah. What do you think? I, I agree. Uh, so I think it's interesting that like a lot of the things that happen I, as, uh, are sometimes things that we couldn't even fathom. I mean, good right. or bad. And yeah. so I think that's one of one of the things that we can get wrapped up in pretty easily is is thinking a lot about things, either like thinking about these things that we want to pursue, like these mm -hmm. dreams that we have that are inventions of our mind that may or may not be realistic. And yeah. similarly, we can also come up with all kinds of possibilities of bad things that could happen. And people can obsess over, mm -hmm. you know, really bad things that, that could happen, most of which Absolutely. won't. And I think that, you know, if we're thinking about a God who participates in our lives in some way, whatever that means, however that is, sure. that a lot of times, you know, that stuff happens kind of organically in unpredictable ways. I mean, maybe it's just yeah. the flow of life that through conversations, <laughs> through relationships you build, through mm -hmm. through just the, the chaos of everyday events, uh, that, yeah. that that is kind of what shapes our lives. And so I I think that Ooh. God works a lot in those ways. I've been influenced a lot by Taoism, and I, I think a mm -hmm. lot about, you know, the way that the divine, the other, runs through our lives. Uh, and yeah. if we're open to that movement, that it can it can influence the way we live our lives. But yeah, absolutely. The it's not the chocolate that matters; it's who you share it with. That absolutely. that I think that that is exactly what 
like the communion meal ought to be about mm -hmm. when it's uh, when it's at its best is that like Absolutely. any meal you're sharing with anybody uh, that's about uh, building relationship. That's a Jesus meal. That is, uh, you know, that is an experience, somebody, ex an experience of the divine. It it's is an experience. In, of the divine. It is. Yeah. It is in community that we maybe mm. most can't connect with the divine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that, yeah, yeah, that if we would focus on that more, like how, how we let go of like even expectations about what things ought to be and just embrace yeah. for what is and who we're with and, and mm -hmm. all of that, that it, that it leads to a much more fulfilling life and a more fulfilling Absolutely. theology too. If we, if we see God in the midst of, of all of that. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah I, I agree with love you. Mark. All right. So listen, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take co-host advantage here and, We've got a little extra time. We 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 got through our make me look stupid segment. I, I want to imagine with you. Um, we've talked about some of the issues that we mm -hmm. see in the movie. It's a brilliant yep. movie. Everyone, hear this before I go into that. Everyone needs to go see this movie. It's just you're no matter what mood you're in when you go in, it will be better when you go out. But if you're in a it's great fun. mood, good. If you go in a good mood, you're going to be in a great mood. If you go in a kind yeah. of, ah, I don't know, mood, you're going to come out a lot happier than you were when you went in. It's Go see it. It's just a good movie. It needs to be seen. If enough people do that, we might get a Wonka 2. What should happen in Wonka? What needs to happen? What's the connective tissue between Wonka yeah. and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory that needs to happen in the next one to make the whole thing make sense. What do you think? Yeah, so I've, I've been thinking about this since our first segment when we were yes. talking about Timothy yeah, yeah. Chalamet's performance and uh, the difference between his and Gene Wilder's. And it was occurring to me that that Willy Wonka in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is at the very end of his career looking at someone to take over the Chocolate Factory. So I think we need to see Willy Wonka start up his chocolate factory and then have some experiences that cause him to be kind of pessimistic about the state of the world yeah. and so i think we need to cut down his wide-eyed optimism so mm -hmm. so we see him become more pessimistic until yeah. he can be kind of uh, shown a different way of seeing things by charlie mm -hmm. when he comes into the chocolate right. factory what do you what Love do you it. think no, I'm completely with you. I think that we need to understand why he gets a little dark and cynical. I think yep. that that's probably a lot of opportunity to do a story around Noodle in some way. Mm -hmm. So that could be interesting. I think we need to know about his father. I also think we need to understand why he went from only doing chocolate to doing chocolate and candy. I think mm -hmm. that needs to be part of the story. Uh, yeah. And then I also, also want to see like a storyline about what happens because he's sort of a villain to the Oompa Loompas. I want to know what gets the Oompa Loompas to come and work at his factory. Uh, I want to hear their story of, of, of almost, I guess, maybe forgiveness towards him. The fact that he stole the four beans that they had and now you know he's their villain. I kind of want to hear that story, honestly. 
Or maybe he's darker and maybe he's captured the Oompa Loompas and enslaved them <laughs> to work in his factory. Oh no. Oh no. I don't want I don't want uh, that dark of a Willy Wonka man. No, no. You no, don't no, want no. you don't want a dark Willy no. Wonka. <laughs> I don't want him that dark. I like the little who's gonna enslave cyna- Oompa Loompas. I kinda let like children the children die in his factory. <laughs> well he did a little bit no, he didn't. That's true. He he, he uh, as well, far listen. as we know, they were safe. <laughs> we do need to wrap this up. We need to let folks know we're going to, for the holidays, be taking a couple of weeks off, but we have really great news. We shared it last mm-hmm. week on the show is that our next episode will be one of our rare. We only get to do this about twice a year where me and Caleb are actually in the same spot together yes! side by side. Yes. yes. When we do the show. And I don't know about you. For me, man, it is. There's so much more energy. It's so much more exciting. I yeah. I love when we get this opportunity, right? Yes, it's fun to be together and to actually yeah. be sitting there drinking together. That's fun. Yeah. But it's also fun that we appreciate all of you in the virtual audience. But it's also a lot yeah. of fun to have like real live people surrounding Absolutely. us and interacting with whole, us, asking us questions. A whole another level of energy and everything. So yeah, and that it, that is our promise this time around. We've not done we've we've done it at, at Wild Goose, but we haven't done it when we we gather in San Diego. But we are going to this time uh, our make me look stupid segment. We're going to turn over to the guests that are attending the show so uh they can they're gonna it's gonna be a free-for-all man i don't know it's, it might get ugly i don't know we'll have to see we'll have to see how it goes <laughs> it's, but that's i'm sure it'll be a lot of my congregation and they will be yeah. chomping at the bit to make me look stupid they're gonna be ready <laughs> and listen uh for those of you who may be in san diego we will uh, let you know where this is going to happen we'll put it on the moonshine jesus facebook page uh about a week or so out to let you know where we'll be doing it so if you want to show up you can show up and join us for that we'd uh, certainly enjoy to see all of you um but let's talk about what we're going to talk about yeah so i i should say it's uptown tavern at noon there we go. so uptown so if tavern you're, if at you're noon. in san diego yeah uptown tavern at noon it's on university in hillcrest and i think we agreed to talk about aquaman yes and so I, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. The last few DC movies have really kind of underperformed, yeah, but yeah. Aquaman was the was the highest grossing DC yeah. movie, and it was pretty yeah. good. <laughs> All it, things it was, considered, it was, so- it was it was decent for for a DC movie. It was pretty I, good. I know. I'm and, sorry and, that we and, have and, to have that disclaimer. <laughs> and they're bringing Black Adam in, which is one of my favorite villains. So this should be fun. We'll see how that all goes. Okay. But okay. I'm okay. excited yeah. about this. It should be a lot of fun. So anyway, we take a couple of weeks off. That said, we hope that you all have happy holidays uh, very much. And, and we give so much appreciation. Here we are at the end of the year, uh, uh, our second year of rebooting the Moonshine Jesus show. Hard to imagine, right? Two years, man. Two years? Two That's years. insane. Yeah, I can't it's believe crazy. that. It is. But, you know, the only reason we get to do it is because of all of you, the folks who tune in and watch us live, those who download us on the podcast. Um, it is the biggest gift I get all year long is that you folks come and and, and hang out with us and listen to us uh, and, and allow me and, and my good buddy Caleb to just geek out and do a little theological pondering about pop culture. Yeah. It's the best. So thank you all very much. Uh, and uh, we'll see you the next time. 
on the Moonshine Jesus show, which will be next year. But I'm going to leave you with a quote from the great Willy Wonka. I said, good day, sir. <laughs> Moonshine 